This is Amplify, a podcast for people that want to crush life by learning from the minds of high performers. So take a deep breath in and get ready to become more, live more, and give more. Welcome to the Amplify podcast. I'm here with Tommy Cassano. Now, I'm just going to read Tommy's bio because it's actually very, what he does is holistic, meaningful. So Tommy is a world-renowned human optimizer, peak performance coach, and international speaker, supporting people who are committed to breaking through all limitations and becoming the superhuman version of themselves, mind, body, and soul. I'm just going to drop this in here real quick. He's done a number of ultra marathons, which is over 100 miles off-road running. Okay. So like this dude is elite. Uh, So Tommy is the founder of Outdoor Body, a fitness and wellness community focused on um, workouts from like within national parks and outwardly locations. He is a holistic lifestyle coach, celebrity trainer, ultra trail runner athlete. We're going to dive into that because that's freaking incredible and natural health and longevity expert. So this guy has got so much freaking wisdom for us today. Tommy has helped transform professional athletes, Olympian CEOs, and top corporations, along with thousands of others through his programs, events, and coaching. Tommy, welcome to the show. Oh, John, thanks for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. Super excited to be here. Yeah, man. So, I mean, you've got an accent. Whereabouts are you? Where are you from? Tell us about you. (laughs) Well, right now I'm in Durango, Colorado, because I actually have an ultra race this Saturday, first one of the season, but uh, I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Jersey, South Jersey, not the uh, Jersey Shore that a lot of people (laughs) are probably thinking of and labeling me as right now. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I'm from Jersey, South Jersey, and um, I left pretty much when I was 18 to college in upstate New York for four years and moved to Arizona and then uh, the, the past six and a half years of my life, I've been in Los Angeles, owning a gym, training celebrities, doing all sorts of stuff in there. In LA, right? And, and what's, yeah. what's happening in LA now? Like this carnage going oh, on? It's, cha- it, it's, it's carnage. It's chaotic, is, is, <laughs> as you can imagine right now. Is what we see on the news, is that legit or is that a, like, a, like an extreme version? Are there still people going about their daily lives or is everyone affected? It's definitely exasperated because it's LA and it's Hollywood. So no matter what around the world, it's going to be amplified 10 times. Yeah. Um, if you want to get into it, you can, you know, you can find anything you want in LA. There's definitely, you know, the protest and all that stuff, but you know, it, it varies from person to person. There's a dot, lot of different types of mindsets in LA varying all across the spectrum. So mm-hmm. depending on what your philosophy is and your truths, um, you know, some people take things very seriously to the extreme and people like me are outside jumping in the ocean, breathing the fresh air, running outside every single day and avoiding at all costs, putting a mask on. But um, yeah, th- I mean, it, it's not as bad as you think, but there's definitely parts of LA that are, you know, pretty true to what y'all see in, you know, someplace like Australia. <laughs> what y'all see. Yeah, yeah. What y'all see. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I mean, you're not there now because you've got a hundred mile race coming up. Yeah. What, how did you go from, like, were you a hundred mile runner your whole life? How's this progressed from Tommy that was at school to Tommy that now runs 
really, really far? That's no, that's a great question. Cause I've been on, uh, I've talked to a lot of people about this news. It's just like, what's it like running hundred miles, but it's really about the journey, right? You know, in our, in our, in our work, it's about the journey and the process. That's what really is the fun part and what matters. And for me, I honestly didn't really start running till I was 29, I believe. Wow. Um, you know, I always, I've always gone on long hikes, nature. Uh, my dad used to take us to national parks since I was seven years old, even being in Jersey. Still, we've been an outdoor family, but I played college football. I always been a bigger brute. After college, I lost over 50, almost 60 pounds. And I you know, wanted to get really lean and shredded and got down to 185. And I've kind of been around there the past probably 13 years of my life. But um, it really kickstarted when I moved to Arizona and quit my corporate job in Cleveland, Ohio. And I started hiking with uh, my business partner at the time's dad. And I was like, wow, the mountains hiking, doing five, six, seven miles in a week. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And um, I read a magazine and I saw something for sky running. I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to be like, I remember in my head, I was like, I want to be like the best sky runner in the world. They're in, you know, France running Alps and the Italian Alps on this magazine. I'm like, this looks amazing. So at that point in time, I signed up for this like 13 and a half mile trail run in Arizona. And I, I've really never ran before. And I ran that and I thought it was like the hardest thing ever. And a couple of years passed by, I lived in, in uh, LA and I started getting into box. This is leading somewhere. I started getting into boxing really heavily and I was going to have my first boxing match because that's what I do. I coach, you know, a lot of celebrities and pro athletes boxing. Um, it's one of my fortes. And I was like, I love boxing. I was training super hard with the Olympian coach and I was like a month and a half away and my brother and dad and I took a trip to Alaska and we were up in a Northern uh, Brooks range above the equator line. And I was like shredded like 178 pounds, super lean fighting weight. And we were there for 17 days and we were eating this high sodium packaged food, which I didn't think we, I thought we were going to like eat healthy and do all that stuff. And I gained like 25 pounds in like, in like literally three and a half weeks. For anyone listening, that's about weight. 10, that's about 10, 11 kilos. Dude, I just gained so much weight. Even though, even though I was hiking the entire time, it was kind of crazy. Um, and it was all sodium. Yeah. So I was like, I guess water I'm not, like sodium water retention. Reten it was all water retention. That was so hard to get off for some reason. Um, so I got back and I was like, I guess I'm not boxing. So I was going to box at that like 176, I believe fight weight. I was like, uh, I guess I'm not boxing, whatever. And at this point in time, I never really ran. I, I literally never ran maybe five miles tops. And a good friend of mine, um, let's was just like, so, so for anyone listening to this, Tommy's going to speak in the Imperial system, which is America and it's fucked up. And they, oh, need, that's to, right. I always they, forget need, that. <laughs> they need to get hold of the metric system, but the conversion pounds to kilos, it's 2.4 pounds to the kilo and miles to kilometers. I think it's 1.6 kilometers to the mile. Okay. Just so you can do the maths in your head when, when Tommy's talking that Imperial rubbish. Okay. Carry on, bro. There we go. So long story short, I was boxing heavily. I didn't run because from boxing, my Achilles was like, was like, literally killing me for so like six seven months from boxing and doing all this crazy stuff i never ran because when i put pressure on my front foot my forefront it would like really have a sharp pain um so when i got back from alaska the pain was that exasperated i went, like was overweight from boxing so i was like i guess i'm not gonna fight in a couple weeks 
And then my buddy was like, he did ultra running with his wife. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I heard about this a long time ago. This sounds amazing. Like, yeah, we're doing a 50 miler in Santa Barbara. It's called the Red Rock 50. And this was in like three weeks. So I was like, I'll sign up. I'll do it. I didn't train for it. I did nothing. I saw this cranial witch doctor that that's another story, but he spent three hours fixing my head from all the concussions I had from playing football since I was six years old. And at the end of the day, my ankle issue, which I felt was boxing, was really my entire body was like twisted. So it was causing this excruciating pain. Um, so I didn't run, I didn't train, but I went and ran this 50 mile race with my buddy and it was the coolest experience of my life. I got hooked and then I started running 100 mile races after that. And still, um, actually this race coming up this weekend is the first race I actually kind of trained for. Even the 100 mile races, I don't really... Uh, I, I don't run for more than like 10 miles leading up to them. I just kind of go out and do it. It's more of like a mental challenge for me. It's, it's the ultimate mental challenge for me. Yeah. Right. So, so in that story, Tommy, which is an impressive story, there's a couple of questions. One, you used, I didn't know you used to work a corporate job. What were you doing? Yeah. So after college, I went to Colgate university. I played college football for four years. And right after college, I jumped into corporate real estate for about four and a half years. So I handled large shopping centers. We were one of the largest REITs real estate investment trusts in the world. And I was in that sector um, for a long time. And I was miserable. I could, I could honestly say I was, I was probably clinically depressed in my mid twenties being in a corporate job in Cleveland, Ohio, not living my truth. Yeah. And the yeah. reason I asked that question was because there are probably people listening that need to start living their truth. And so if you're Absolutely. listening and yeah. what, what was it that made you pull the trigger and say, you know what, I'm done with that. I'm going to nature. I'm going to truth. I'm going to who I'm freaking on this earth to be. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's just, you come to a point in your life where you just had enough, right? We've all come to that breaking point and you know, it's fortunate, but unfortunately I was living that breaking point for almost two years in that corporate job. Intrinsically, I knew this was not the right place for me. I knew I was very unhappy, um, but I held it inside and I didn't speak to anyone. You know, I say the depression, which is real for everybody and we don't talk about it, not having that self-esteem and self-love to not speak to someone your loved ones or even even like counseling or someone to talk about what you need to do um, but ultimately i just came to this fruition that looking at my future self this is not what i want to do the rest of my life you gotta you gotta step outside of the box sometimes even though we harp on living in the present moment and being present in the now all the time but when you're in situations when you know you're not living the truth you got to look at your future self and i finally did that and I just, I just cut the line, you know, it's, you just got to cut the bullshit sometimes. And I went in and, you know, told my boss who I was very close with that I, I quit and I was leaving in two weeks. And honestly, as soon as I said those words, uh, of the, you know, the hundred pound gorilla just came off my shoulders. Oh, freedom, freedom, freedom. That's, that's beautiful, man. Like not many people in life get, have that realization. I'm glad mm -hmm. you have. And if this episode can help other people's then we've done our job today absolutely i agree and so the other question i have amongst your, your incredible story is you went from not running 20 pounds overweight so, or 30 pounds sodium my my, my overweight bloated, me, by the way yeah <laughs> uh to 
not doing much training and doing your first ultra race, which was 50 miles. Mm -hmm. How did your body hold up going from zero to 50 miles? Like most people would start with a 5k, a 10k, a half marathon, a full marathon, then an ultra. You went, you'd never done a half. You'd never done a full before you did. I've never done it. I still have not done a marathon before. Um, Talk, talk and it's through, and, and talk just and just for people that just for people that don't know, ultra racing is in the mountains, so it is not road running. This is completely different. It's full body. Your heart rate's flying through the roof. You're in high altitude. You're doing elevation gains. Like the hundred mile races are twenty two thousand feet, twenty three plus thousand feet of elevation gain alone. So think of this like going up almost Mount Everest, which is twenty nine thousand feet. Um, and you're going down that much too. So it's a different ball game. Yeah, right. And so how did your body, I mean, if you had a sore, sore Achilles, you said you got that fixed up, but going from overweight to running an ultra, how did your body tolerate that? Oh, smashed afterwards. For how I was long? absolutely destroyed. A couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'd say it took, it took like two full weeks to recover after that one. But, you know, that was kind of being a little, a little naive to, I mean, I was all mindset, a little bit of ego because I wanted to run 50 miles. It's different now. But, yeah, I mean, when you put a toll on your body um, and put that much strain on your ligaments, especially your feet and ankles and calves, it definitely is, and your hips, it definitely uh, it hurts a little bit. But, you know. Just strong, so, healthy mind will get through it. <laughs> just so people know, that's eighty kilometers. Your first run, oh, eighty kilometers. There you go. Is like a double marathon almost. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, look. So obviously, to get to where you are now, running hundred. Let me do the maths on a hundred miles. Well, it's, I know what it is. It's one hundred sixty. One fifth. One sixty. One hundred sixty kilometers. That's fucking insane. Like that's insane. What? How do you? You said this is the first one you've ever prepared for really like trained for how yeah so i when i say prepared i yeah i did i mean this one's only a 50k but it's pretty high elevation we're going up to thirteen thousand feet so it's a good like kickstarter to a couple bigger ones i have coming up this year it's in silverton colorado uh so it's uh it's going to be a fun one it's a good challenging 30 like two mile loop um so i guess for me training hard is like lead doing like 20 25 mile training routes so for this Saturday, I did a 20 mile run at a pretty fast pace, which was, which I was happy with. So we'll see how we do on a Saturday. What's, what's a fast pace for, for, for you and trail running? Just so people get a picture of maybe comparisons for split times. Yeah. So, so the one, the 20 mile on Saturday wasn't really as much trail. It was a little bit of road. It was more road with elevation just cause I didn't have access to a longer trail at the time and I was actually training uh, some clients. So that one I did at 820 pace for 20 miles. Is that 820 per mile? Yeah. Eight minutes, 20 seconds. Okay. So what's that? 1.6 kilometers. Cool. Cool. That, and, and how many miles was that? 20. 20 miles. Yeah, dude, that's insane. That's cool. But, but on like hundred K a hundred milers and above, like you, you got to think of it. Some of these are like, seven eight nine mile climbs like literally like straight up so the the key with with ultra racing is being a badass power walker so if you can power walk up 14 15 minute you know miles then you're in a good you're going to get a good pace 
how long how long does a 50 mile off-road run take which is 80 kilometers i honestly don't remember my 50s the timing my 200s i've done i did in uh 32 32 hours straight you did a 200 mile run no two uh two separate hundreds so i did 200 mile races so 160 160 kilometers 160 kilometers and it took you 32 hours yeah, but they were really hard. So some of these 100 milers, you can probably get around 24 hours or less. Some of the professionals rip it in like 20 hours, which are amazing. These guys are stunning. But um, these were like really long, high elevation gain races. And okay. And when do you have clients that you push this hard or is this just you? I push everyone this hard. <laughs> That's the mindset. You got you to gotta grow. <laughs> yeah, right. So I That's what talk- it's about. I want to dive into one. I want to touch on the biohacking because I am not experienced in this area. So I genuinely want to learn. And I also want to talk about mindset, but I think we dive into biohacking first and then mindset to round it out. So what is biohacking for anybody watching, listening, watching the live, the recording? What's, what is biohacking? Yeah. So biohacking, I, I, you know, in this day and age, it's marketed a lot. I don't know how it is in Australia, but in, uh, in the U.S., it's really a buzzword, especially the last two years. And it's really using exogenous tools to optimize your body and mind. Now, my personal definition of biohacking is using endogenous material, means, meaning intrinsic, um, you know, habits, formulas, things that you can do naturally with you know, Mother Earth to hack your body from breathing, what you do, breathing techniques, um, cold plunging, uh, different types of meditation, different types of visualization, mindset training. Um, I mean, even essentially ultra running could be, you know, endogenous because you're just running. You're not using any tools, any electronics. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of biohacking is a lot of electronic stuff to optimize your body from a cellular level to a fat burning level. Um, there's all sorts of different machines and technology out there that can really amplify your life. And, and you're saying that you don't need that or you do like, you don't, use you, that? Can, you can, I, I use a, a little mix of that. Like I just did the infrared sauna before I came on this. And that's one of the, that's an amazing tool. Yeah. Now that's definitely a biohacking because you're using, um, you know, infrared light to heat up your body on a cellular level versus just heat or a regular sauna, which uses warm air. So you're using that, you know, and some of them have red light. So that deep red light therapy to get into a cellular, um, you know, change biomechanic in your body. So, um, yeah, you know, there's so many different things out there. Okay. 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 And so what's your, what's your stance on supplements then or anything that is chemically formulated or not natural? Yeah, I think um, I, I think it, depending on the person, um, there's so many supplements. I mean, I mean, I'm a I'll admit I'm a supplement junkie. I've been doing supplements since high school. I could probably talk for hours about different supplements, but I really test the waters with all of them. But at the end of the day, the things I use on a daily basis are uh, you know superfoods and mushrooms, elixirs, herbs. Uh, things like turmeric and, you know, garlic, oregano oil, things like that for immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, chlorophyll is one that I absolutely love, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of supplements. So as long as you, 
you know that they are working and helping for your overall wellness. Some people overdo them. Um, and I wouldn't get into, you know, the, the deep supplements that could have like testosterone boosters and uh, estrogen reducing supplements, all the crap like that out there, which what you can about- easily do by eating, eating correctly. Nothing, nothing's better than, you know, whole natural foods. <laughs> what about things like, is, is fenugreek? like a testosterone booster, but it's natural. Those are natural. Those are fine. Yeah. I think if, if you, once again, if you need it and at the end of the day, I, I always tell people like, I'm going to recommend things to you, but you know, if you really want it, go see your doctor, go get blood tests, go get a blood allergy test and you'll see exactly what you need for your body. Cause honestly, at the end of the day, fasting and eating a whole natural diet is probably the best thing you could ever do for yourself. And that's, and that's what I've been doing for many years. Okay, so let's talk about that. If you think that is the best, are you happy to, 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 where would someone start if they're like, you know what, I need to make a shift um, in my health and performance. And I like this is, I've got, I've got a life map, which has seven core life areas and health is one Mm -hmm. of them. And that's split into two mind and body. And having your nutrition, having the right fuel it clears your mind. It makes you feel light. It brings you to life. And then you can be more of the person you're meant to be in all the other areas of your life. So what would you say to someone who's like, okay, this is an area of my life that I've neglected, but it's important. Where do I start? Start by asking yourself how you feel, especially after you eat food. Um, That's what I say to my clients. Like, you know, most people are bloated. They have digestive issues. They're eating junk. They're not, e- they're not eating a whole natural diet. So you got to start by asking yourself how you feel and what exactly you want. Now, there's not a one-size-fits-all plan for everybody, especially the difference between men and women. Women have different hormones than men. So the fasting schedule might be a little bit different. But you know, in my online, in my detox programs, per se, that I've been running for years, um, I tried to collapse that male-female difference and the age difference and the body weight difference by kind of figuring out that one-size-fits-all and doing intermittent fasting and eating two to three light meals a day, having the last meal of the day or dinner a little bit bigger, more or less fits for most people. And with intermittent fasting, just you know, it's simple, just skipping the breakfast. That doesn't mean you can't have coffee or you can't have some of the liquids that you don't love and actually help your body. But skipping that breakfast every morning is going to really clean up your digestive system, um, help your microbiome, aid in you know, flourishing good gut bacteria, having that um, gut and brain connection ultimately leading to better mental clarity. Um, my favorite thing is the regeneration of cells, autophagy, even though like you know, we, as humans, we like to attach ourselves to that feeling. And the best example is coffee, caffeine. So we have a sip of coffee, we get, you know, a little jacked up, we have energy, we get in a better mood. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's good for most people until we overdo it, but we're attached to that feeling of instant gratification. So one, we got to, you know, take, take that to the wayside and think of longevity because, the instant gratification is only extremely short term. We don't know that what that's going to do in the long run. And if we focus on what we want long term, and we can clear up that digestive system because that's number one for me. 
and intermittent fasting, that's really one of the best things, that and autophagy cleaning of the cells. So cleaning your cells up is going to help in a long time, uh, long term with the overall wellness and a, a ton of health benefits above and beyond. So I've, I've heard a lot about intermittent fasting. I haven't really read into it. I, I think I do oh, it really. really. Um, yeah, a lot like of people I just do it naturally, don't even think about it. <laughs> I haven't eaten today. I got up, I did my 5K run, did some weights. Um, yeah. I did have a, a smoothie though, so I kind of maybe have broken the fast. But in, there are some days I won't eat until lunchtime. I don't know if That's it's right. healthy or not, but it's... it's yeah. Can you talk more about intermittent fasting, what it is and what the benefits are? Yeah, absolutely. So intermittent fasting and it's another... I would say it's another, you know buzzword people are marketing around. It's something that I've been exploring for the last eight years, uh, doing intermittent fasting, 24 hour fast, three day fast. I've done five, fa five day fast with clients. Most of my executive clients have seen amazing results. There's water fasts, there's fasting with fats, there's fasting with just coffee, there's bone broth fast. There's so many types out there. So to simplify it, it's just, you know, taking a break from food. Uh, so if you eat your last meal at seven o'clock at night, you're not going to eat again until 11 or 12 o'clock the next day. So you can drink water and it's not a, it's not a confusion with starvation. Starvation is famine. You have access to food. You're just willingly choosing not to eat, you know, a meal or two a day to, um, you know, excel your body and mind in a certain way. And that's exactly what it's going to do. So skipping breakfast, that term word that they made up that we, you know, we need breakfast, we need to eat first thing in the morning, which we absolutely do not. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, you know, having water, maybe black coffee and some fats in the morning, and letting your body um, exhaust itself from all food to clear out your digestive system, you're getting your body a little bit more insulin sensitive, most of us are insulin, insulin resistant, you know, meaning so when we eat food and we're burning carbs all day because we're, you know, carb heavy um, and we're not able to burn fat. So when we're insulin sensitive, we're able to burn fat a lot easier. And that's another great benefit from fasting. Um, now you can extend that fast. You know, usually it's just like a 16-hour a fast. It's kind of the normal intermittent fasting range. From there, I usually go up to 20 and then I go up to a 23-1, which is you know, you just have a one hour eating window every single day, which is, which is my favorite. I typically McDonald's and ice cream for the most part. It's all you need McDonald's and ice cream. You'll get the results you want. <laughs> cool. So, so have you ever heard of Don Tolman? Do you know Don Tolman? Oh yeah. He's a legend. Legend. I, yeah, I, Tolman's are great. Yeah. So I went through one of Don's courses and um, he was big on fasting and he was yeah. big. He was doing one month fasts. That's nuts. Yeah. That's, that's heavy. If you are able to do that and have the time, then sure. It was 14 days only drinking water. And then mm -hmm. he would do 14 days juice only. And then yeah. on the, after the last day, he would run a marathon. I've, yeah. I, I, I saw, I saw one of his podcasts where he talked about that. It's epic. <laughs> Yeah, they do like the rainbow. They do like the rainbow fast too, like a different color of fruit every single day. Yeah, they're they're amazing. But I mean, we're talking about like 0.01% of the population that's potentially going to do that. I would definitely do that at some point in my life. But we all have to work for a living. And I mean, I can you know I'm an athlete, so I'm burning a, sh a shit ton of calories. 
I mean, Saturday when I ran 20 miles, I burned over 2,500 calories. I can't really fast for a yeah. couple of days at that point and perform, you know, as good as I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. So f- what would you, so for those listening, let's give them something functional that they can do. Yeah. I mean, is there any safety issues? Is there anything that they need to be aware of? Or is it pretty safe to do a, like I got my cousin one after doing Don Tolman's course, I got my cousin to do a water fast, three days water only. Epic. Yeah. And it, it, it cured the gout. It, he had gout in, in his foot. He couldn't walk. That's epic. Cured it. And so, That's what I, yeah. You go, you go. Yeah, you, you speak, bro. No, if you, if you have issues like gout or a serious, I wouldn't say disease. I mean, I'm not a doctor. And you're, I'm, I don't think you're a doctor. So I, it's a recommendation, right? Uh, so three days is the ultimate fast where you're going to get really deep cleansing and healing. If you have some, you know, more disease or issues that you want to really try and clear up maybe as a last resort or even just try it out to see what it is. And if you're going to do that, definitely stick to just water for the water fast. A three-day water fast is the ultimate. Now I practiced and I've done over the years a 24-hour fast every week, typically Sunday to Monday night. So I'll have my last meal around five, six o'clock on Sunday and my next one on Monday night, five, six o'clock and just drink water, strictly water for that 24 hour fast. And that's really awesome to clean up. I call it my weekly insurance, cleaning up the gut. If I you know, ate bad on the weekend, which I typically don't, but if I'm feeling a little shitty or I gotta clear up some uh, you know, mindset issues, it, it really gets me focused and more in tune with my body. Uh, also spiritually too, for, for the week. But if, for a Kickstarter, I would say people, if you've never fasted before, try, a 14 hour fast uh, for the first week and then next week go up to a 15 hour fast and increase it every week by an hour. Let your body adapt. It's an adaptive process. Most people jump into it right away. And you know, if you are like your cousin, do a three day fast, that's epic if you can do that, but most people can't. You wanna do it in a progressive scale if you really want to incorporate it for the long term. And as I mentioned before, I'm all about longevity. So do it properly so it can become a habit. You know, it takes 21 days to, you know, jump start or get rid of a habit. If you can do it for three weeks straight and keep progressing through it, all of a sudden it becomes natural for you and it's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really so so people have the knowledge now. I mean you've given them some fantastic info. What are the benefits? Because this, the benefits are the leverage. They know what to do. Now, oh, yeah. why should they do it? Top level benefits, you're going you're gonna to burn fat. You're going to get deep into uh, the fat on a cellular level by exhausting um, y- y- your body, getting into what I talked about, the insulin sensitivity. Um, there's a lot of research. There's a lot of publications on that, the benefits of fasting and burning fats, ramping up your metabolism, um, you know, and it depends, right? I'm not talking about athletes that want to eat five meals a day or Olympic athletes. Um, that's a different story. If you want to be a bodybuilder, fasting is probably not for you. Um, so burning up your metabolism, increasing uh, fat loss, mindset, mental clarity. And that's usually comes in from cleaning your digestive system, right? So if you think about it, um, you know, when you sleep, your body needs a break. Our digestive system needs a break also. It needs a break from food and digestion because when we eat, it's burning up and taking roughly 70% of our energy. So it needs a break from that. And fasting is a great way to, uh, you know, eliminate that process. And the one big one I talked about autophagy, the regeneration of cells, 
And that really happens, starts to happen after 20 hours. You get into 24 hours, and then you get into, I believe, the three-day fast is proven scientifically to absolutely regenerate cells. So that's like, if you want a deep autophagy regeneration, if you have some issues um, internally, the three-day is definitely something you want to explore and do some research in. What, what let's use the word diseases, what, what cures have you seen happen through doing this? I mean, I've seen gout with my own eyes become gone gone in three days that's and that's amazing something yeah. that was there for like months and months on end have you seen anything like that not so i i, I won't go past really a three-day or five-day fast so i won't specifically speak to diseases alone i've i've i mean there's i think the longest fast in the world it's either 275 days or 375 days, I believe. Something, something insane. But most of those diseases, I mean, there's clinics all over the world where they do the 30-day fast, like Don Tolman, which cure diseases, mostly getting into all sorts of different cancers and things like that that I've heard about that are just absolutely extraordinary. For the three-day fast that I've done with a lot of my executive clients, it's really breaking fat loss plateaus mm -hmm. and getting rid of stress and anxiety mm -hmm. um, and that and that fear of not being able to lose weight that fear of relying on that food addiction that's one of the biggest ones we're addicted yeah. to food as humans so breaking that food addiction in that three-day fast is in my in my mind above and beyond because most of the time our diseases are coming from what we put in our mouth so yeah. if we can break that food addiction and not rely on all the shit we're putting in our body, that's, that's definitely a win for me. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And, and I find with a lot of people, once you break one addiction, it gives you the power to break many more. And we Absolutely. are creatures of habit, you know, and when we can break those habits and create better ones, we've, again, it's another path to freedom. 100%. It's all paths of freedom, brother. <laughs> so what is, what, when's your race? How far away is your race? Two days away? Uh, Saturday morning. Yeah. It's a 50k. And you're Thursday night. So what does your nutrition look like for the next two days, day and a half? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Normally, like when I first started doing these, I would load up on carbs and all sorts of stuff. And to be quite honest, I just stick to my regular pattern. Now I do a lot of fats, really good protein. Um, I'm just not a big carb heavy type of guy. I use like a carb backload type of formula. Um, if I do really big, heavy runs, like after the race, I'll eat a lot of carbs, um, you know, good, high complex carbs, uh, low glycemic index, like sweet potatoes, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but before race, I, I, I stick to really high quality grass fed meats and really good fats. Always have a you know, clean vegetables in my diet. But um, I'm big on supplements, like I said, uh, using a lot of like chlorophyll. I'm huge on superfoods. I do superfoods every single morning, um, which is a mix of like spirulina, uh, chlorella, um, and you know all this sorts of organic grasses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so a lot of people listening may not like. I understand um, the power of fat. A lot of people like fat's got a bad name. I know in the yeah. U.S. Um, you guys are generally ahead of the rest of the world with mm -hmm. teachings and sciences and things like that. I understand the power of fat and I love, and I've said to people before my, when I perform at my best, when I have the most fuel is if I have like ribs, like big fatty yeah. ribs, yep. a, like a day or two days before. And that is just fuel for me. 
um, absolutely leading in, but a lot of people think that that's crazy. So can you explain how fat is actually fat is not fat. Fat breaks fat down is, fat know, is not triglycerides fat. and it's a fuel. So can you explain that? Yeah, I'm going to really simplify it because people like really get into it too much with all these like, you know, my philosophy on diets is once again, whole food, all natural. And the big thing, you know, it's still pretty big is the keto diet, which is like, you know, eating 90% fats, which it does work for people for a period of time. But long term, I don't think it's the best for everybody. I think it's a great like jumpstart kickstart if you're overweight or you're trying to achieve a certain body or, you know, maybe you have a, a race and you want to try all fats, but really it comes down to it is using fats for fuel instead of carbohydrates. So a uh, calorie of fat, one, one gram of fat is nine calories and one gram of protein and carbs is roughly four calories, right? So fats are typically, you know, twice as dense as the other macronutrients. So if you look at a fat, um, they're denser uh, and they take longer to digest in our body. So essentially we're using those fats for fuel over a longer period of time versus typically carbohydrates and protein, which burn a lot faster. So if you're doing like a HIIT training, a hardcore workout, um, you know, sometimes carbs are the best because you need that immediate energy, that spike right away. But for the most part, when we're doing endurance and training, um, maybe longer runs, things like that. Fat's a great option because it's going to stay in our body. It's going to be longer lasting energy. And then we go back to being insulin sensitive and versus being insulin resistant. When we're eating carbs all the time, and it's not bad either. It's, there's no right or wrongs depending on what your body can do and achieve and how you adapt to it. But when we're eating carbs, we're typically insulin resistance, meaning we're not able to shuttle body into the, bat, uh, into the fat to burn that fat much easier. We were relying on carbs to burn energy all day versus when we're using just fats and proteins, we can become more insulin sensitive and we're using our own fat for fuel versus using carbohydrates, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 totally does. So the, the more density, more calories, more physical energy, more adenosine triphosphate, yeah. And we don't have to, you don't have to really eat as much too. So, you know, if I eat a, a full avocado and like two eggs, which is typically like my first meal of the day, like I literally have energy the entire day until dinner time. Like that's all I eat. And I feel absolutely amazing. I'll work out in the morning, have avocado, you know, two eggs, something like that. You know, it's all fat, a little bit of protein and I'll feel absolutely amazing good, better mental clarity. Um, and you know, that whole ketosis is also triggering our brains also to function a lot better, yep. you know, using the fats for brain fuel, which is yep. really key. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Okay. So I think everyone's got a pretty good, I do. I've got a good grasp. I'm, I think the listeners, the watchers have got a good grasp of, of fasting, of fats for fuel. And I love this stuff because it's, it's something that we can all do more. My next question is around your mindset. Because there's no way you can like you know you can just have good nutrition and then go and run a hundred miles. So what what is what are your key mindset principles that you base off of? Um, that's that's a good question, and you know it all comes down to positivity, right? 
it, it all comes down to positive mindset. As soon as we have that negative thought that's triggered in our mind, um, it can, it can ruin our day, you know? So it's, um, using the essential fundamental basics that most of us know and we're not using on a daily basis to distress, get rid of anxiety and not overthink the process of life living in the present, living in now. I know there's a distinct difference for me in my mindset when I'm meditating and not, not meditating when I'm using visualization and not using visualization when I'm thinking or, you know, thinking before I act or before I have a, a big meeting in the, in the workspace, or maybe I'm going into a hardcore training or I'm going into a long run and I'm thinking through that process instead of just jumping right into the act, um, you know, unwilling to make myself better before actually jumping into the process. And I'm talking about on a mental level. Um, so my whole, my whole concept around mindset is, you know, strong mind, strong body, um, and it really starts with first thing in the morning, you know, when you wake up in the day to set yourself up for success, you have to have those things that you value the most. And that's one, uh, you know, setting your intentions, what are you grateful for? That's pretty, you know, pretty simple. Three things. It's funny. Visualizing. You it's simple, it, and it is simple, but how many but people? It's not simple. It's not simple. <laughs> so if there's someone there that goes, okay, I get it, but I just, fucking I can't do it what would you like what would you say would you say well fucking sort your shit out or would you say hey try this here's another approach I would do it both ways I mean I sometimes if, if the person needs to be hardcore and get their fucking ass together then you got to yell at them be like hey, you got to call them first thing in the morning or like text me usually like with my you know executive clients it's like text me as soon as you wake up let me know after you meditate let me know after you journal let me know after you weigh yourself to, you know, text me when you worked out, text me when you had your first training session, when you had your first meal, tell me exactly. And, you know, sometimes you have to be handheld through the process, but all of us can't do that. You have to rely on yourself. You got to ask yourself each and every day, every morning, exactly what you want. You have to set goals and intentions for yourself. And don't get me wrong. I fall off the wagon. You have, we, we all fall off the wagon a little bit and that's fine. But as long as you get your ass up and in gear and get back on it, you're going you're gonna to be successful because at the end of the day, it's, it's your life. You only live it once, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So gratitude, first thing in the morning, super crucial. What else? How else do you start your mornings? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a quote. You, can, you can't think your way into acting differently, but you can act into thinking differently. Ooh. And as long as, you, as long as you act differently and you knowingly know if you act a little differently, you're going to get different results instead of thinking it and bullshitting yourself each and every day and get off your ass. You know, some, you're going to have changes in your life, you know? Yeah. So first thing in the, first thing in the morning, set yourself up for success. I meditate. Um, and I don't set an alarm. I sit, I light a candle, do a little, um, you know, a little bit of incense and I just sit by myself with my own thoughts, let the chaos come in. Um, and that's what it's all about. And I'm sure you teach meditation. You, you do a lot of that work. So we're on the same page there. Um, whether it's 10 minutes or 20 minutes each and every day, you need that mental reset first thing in the morning. And that's one of the biggest game changers. Then uh, taking a cold shower, which is another uh, endogenous hack. We have all access to a shower is, you know, getting and distressing our body, getting rid of that anxiety is another way to clear our mind before the day 
by jumping in that cold shower, which is a great one, by the way. Do you find, I'm curious, because like, I, does, how did your clients go with the cold shower thing? They hate it. <laughs> Everyone hates it at first. It sucks. Yeah, but I mean, you get used once to it? You, once you, you just got to get into it. Like, you got to feel the benefits. Like, nothing happens overnight. Nothing happens. You, you, you feel something instantaneously, and that's that, that's that big suck. It's that big hurt. You're like, oh, shit, I'm not doing this again. But if you can gradually increase 10 seconds every week, once again, a gradual process, the long-term benefits of that are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the benefits, just what are the benefits of a cold shower? I mean, it's a cold shower. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just ad adaptivity to stress more or less, right? Adaptive to stress, actually, you know, increasing your metabolism and helping with the fat burning is also amazing for cold showers. Um, if you're sore, getting rid of and flushing out any inflammation in your body helps and, you know, helps with that, the elimination of inflammation, which is, which is huge. Um, but really just shocking the shit out of your system first thing in the morning to wake up and get your body moving, you know, on, on a very basic, simple level. <laughs> firing up the sympathetic nervous system. Fire, firing up the sympathetic nervous system is what it's about. Yeah. And if you can do that earlier in the day, when you're a quarter, talk about that a little bit too, when your cortisol levels, um, are, can you can, if you can regulate your cortisol levels first thing in the morning. That's another way to set yourself up for success for the rest of the day. Yeah. So cortisol levels are, the, are our stress hormone. Are you saying when yeah, they are yeah. unregulated, we're gonna have we're gonna have that feeling of stress, pressure, anxiety? We're probably fight not fight. In the present moment because we're gonna be yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah. So it'll it'll raise the cortisol levels and help regulate them because it's gonna de-stress our body first thing in the morning. Yeah. Got you. So does the cold shower bring up cortisol levels? Um, it raises them a little bit. And once you get in there, then it'll regulate. Cool. And that cortisol is what de-stresses us. Yeah. So when we're in flight or fight, whether it's a positive or negative reaction, you know, our body internally can't tell and it increases and raises our cortisol levels, which, which drowns out our adrenal glands, which leads to fatigue. And, you know, when we're fatigued, you know, our whole entire system, endocrine system is out of whack. So, you know, on a very simple level, if you're tired, you're drinking too much coffee, you have lack of sleep, you're not sleeping, you're sleeping like shit, maybe you're working out too hard, you're stressed out job, money, whatever it may be. Typically, our adrenals are, uh, you know, shot and out of whack, our cortisol levels are really high, and that leads to adrenal fatigue, adrenal fatigue, then, you know, that can lead to all sorts of diseases and damaging our body internally. So, you know, cold showers and all these things I talk about pretty much help, you know, fight that adrenal fatigue and decrease our cortisol levels. Do, do the adrenal, like does adrenaline or norepinephrine, I think it's also called. Norepinephrine, yeah. Nor, norepinephrine and cortisol, do they, do they fight for like receptor space or do they challenge each other do they work together how do, how they, do they, they work together they're they're synergistically working together more or less and you know i guess i can't speak very too specific on the deep science behind it but on a very simple level you know fight and flight where our cortisol levels are raised up and we're using more of those adrenal glands to increase increase that cortisol levels that stress hormone oh, yeah
Yeah. Cool. So, so essentially all the things I talk about and we talk about from mindset to body to nutrition has helped really regulate those cortisol levels. We keep those adrenal glands at a constant so they're not out of whack and we can perform our best as elite amplified humans each and every day. So someone comes to you, is there a process you take them through? It's like step one, like blood test, or is it step one, mental, yeah, yeah. go for a run? What is step one? Step one is different for every single person if they need to get blood tests, which is great. And we have access to them. That's awesome. Um, you know, blood test, test panel, looking at um, allergies, what they're allergic to. Because a lot of people, especially with like food, they don't realize, you know, you could be 40, 50 years old and not know you have an allergic reaction to eggs or a certain type of grain and you've been eating them your entire life and your intestinal lining has been inflamed and that's could be the main reason why you're not losing weight um that's just a very simple example but uh yeah it's different for everybody my protocols are really going through the pillars of health on a very fundamental basic level and getting into those each and every day looking at a full week before they even see me, I, I have you know charts. You fill out a full week of everything you ate, drank, worked out, everything you did physically, um, what you did mentally, and I go through that process and look at each and every one and nitpick every single thing. I draw out a plan and the structure of seeing how we should take a step forward from day one, looking at the past and where you're at. Yeah, right. And so for some people that could be the fast. For some people that could be yeah. Some, sometimes you kickstart with a 24 hour fast. Sometimes it's a 10 day detox program. Sometimes it's just getting on superfoods right away. A lot of people need gut cleansing because our digestive system is completely out of whack from, you know, parasites or bad microbiome reflourishing the gut bacteria. So it's a little bit different from, for everybody. Cool. So last question, I've done my microbiome testing. Um, it's part of, Oh, nice. Yeah, I've got an online health course and I encourage it in there. My question Absolutely. What are your thoughts on it? Um, obviously, you, you like it. I mean, I got yeah. my results back and I, what I, happened? Almost, I almost disagreed with all of it. And I was like, maybe I need to do another, get a second opinion. But it said things to me which I just knew intuitively. It said, like, I was really good at digesting nuts. I can tell you now, I am not good at digesting nuts. You're not good at digesting nuts. <laughs> and there was a few <laughs> other things. And I was like, I was like, ah, this is not it. Like, this is not it. I just don't trust it because I can, my stool samples say different. And so what's your experience been of micro, the microbiome? You know, I'm kind of the same way. It's like, it's funny you say that, you know, I, I think it's good to get a, a certain benchmark for your body, but you are the true teller of your body. If you say, if, if your microbiome are saying like, Oh, you're not allergic or you can't, you're great at digesting that and you're eating nuts and all of a sudden you're bloated and you're gassed and you're like, wait, that doesn't, that's, that's not right. So I think for a, for a benchmark, it's okay, but you got to look at it. It's, it's really, it's not a long-term telltale. If you've been loading up on turmeric and ginger, um, for like two weeks, three weeks, which I've done before, before an ultra race to try and get rid of all my inflammation and then take a you know food allergy test and it says, you're allergic to turmeric and ginger. It's like, well, no shit, because I've just been overloading my body with it for the last two, three weeks. So it's showing up in your test, whatever you've been really putting in your body for the last month, or even maybe you started inducing something, uh, a supplement or something, and it's kind of 
taken a while to have that reaction and it's showing up on your microbiome or blood test, whatever it may be. So I think you just have to take all of that per se test with a grain of salt. Mm. For those listening, Tommy, I mean, can you explain what microbiome is? Yeah. I mean, it's just your, it's your gut bacteria. So it's the, it's the, um, it's the, it's the not parasites, but we have all sorts of microorganisms that make up our digestive lining, which are good and bad. So essentially it's just the bacteria in our gut that, um, you know, and there's trillions of them in there. Uh, so it's just, a, it, yeah, it's just a bacteria in our, in our digestive system. And you can sort of tell, well, you're meant to be able to tell which, what foods you can digest better, what you have allergies to, where you might be having nutritional deficiencies, things like that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So that when you like, when you take a microbiome, they take samples of that. They see what type of, um, you know, bacteria is in your gut, what's harming you, what's doing good for you, what's helping you digest things, what's helping you digest the fats, proteins, um, carbohydrates, maybe there's parasites in there and they can tell that by taking samples from your gut bacteria. You poo and then you swipe it and then you send it away. You poo, you, you save it and send it. <laughs> so Tommy, thank you for being here. I, I've got, to, to wrap this up, is there anything that you would say to people? Because you train a lot of really high quality, high caliber people. Um, what would you say to people that they might be already high caliber, they might just be getting started in this health journey. What would be your, your words to anybody that is about to embark or you know, increase their mission in the world of health and wellness? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, to become ultra human, you have to solidify yourself in the fundamental basics of health and wellness, starting with mind, body, and soul. Um, if you have your mind right, if you have the right mindset, you know exactly what you want and you have some sort of direction where you want to go. That's the first step for your mind, for your body, getting in tune with yourself, maybe starting fasting starting to get whole food nutrition, raw foods in there. If you're eating meat, grass-fed, grass-finished, you know, do a little bit of research of what you're actually putting in your body instead of just eating without cause. And then after you eat, telling, asking yourself, how do I feel after this? What does my body feel like? Um, you know, nutrition is everything when it comes down to what body composition, 70, 80% of your body composition is your nutrition. So mind, body, starting with a little bit of fasting, um, getting into exactly what you want to achieve, whether it's burning fat, maybe it's gaining muscle, um, maybe it's getting a six pack, whatever it may be, be clear and identify exactly what you want uh, for your body. And just know you have to be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. And then spirit and soul is getting in touch with yourself and your, you know, with, uh, with yourself through meditation, a lot of breath work and using some of those endogenous tools you have available to you to, you know, have the right, you know, overall mindset spiritually, mentally, physically to, you know, take yourself into that ultra human level where you can achieve because anyone can achieve anything, right? You know, when you set your mind to it um, and you have the right attitude uh, in, in your life and just, just know we're in a time and place right now in this world where, a lot of people are not, um, you know, having self-love and really living their truth. 
and there's a lot of conflict out there internally and a lot of confused people but when you rip away all the bullshit and just look within and you know talk talk to yourself of what you truly want and have self-love self-respect and self-confidence you're going to gain more than you ever would want to in this world so uh start with the fundamentals mind body and spirit and go kick ass each and every day beautiful man thank you so much for coming on here uh and and sharing your knowledge of biohacking for ultra performers you you're obviously an ultra performer you've got your you've got your crazy races coming up um man best wishes for your season i appreciate it brother yeah i'm sure this won't be the last time we talk absolutely thank you so much for having me awesome thank you and for everybody watching listening live and on the replay thank you for being here uh until next time we will catch you later